Welcome back to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. On this week's episode, we're going to be looking at another week of NBA games, another week of NBA basketball, um, updated standings, lists, and seeing basically how everything is going so far. And we'll also talk about some other uh, news um, involving the NBA. So, Let's get into it. Let's get started. It is uh, Milwaukee Bucks who are uh, in first place in the Eastern Conference with a very good record, um, 15 and three. They are getting it done. Um, they are five and zero in the division, and uh, yeah, Milwaukee is just um, you know doing what they can to get it done in their last one. They played Atlanta and they won that one. 111-102, and they ended up getting 30 points and 10 rebounds from Giannis, 11 from Brooke Lopez, they got 9 points, 10 assists from Eric Bledsoe, 10 from Wesley Matthews, 12 from Dante DiVincenzo, 16 off the bench from Middleton, 19 minutes and 13 points from Ersan Ilyasova, um, and so Milwaukee, you know, they are playing the best basketball. Uh, when you look at the Eastern Conference, you know, you saw Philadelphia in first at one point. You saw, you know, Miami in first at one point. You saw Boston in first at one point. Now Milwaukee is um, right now at 15-3, and three, and they're in first place. Um, so they're playing well. Then we have in second place Boston Celtics 13-4, and four, and we have Toronto Raptors 13-4 and four record as well. Boston Celtics beat Toronto. They have the edge. Celtics, um, yeah, things uh, are going well for them. They're getting, you know, the victories when it counts. And if you look at, um, you know, what's going on, it's it's all good things. You know, Kemba Walker was out for a few games, and he came back stronger and better than ever. And so they played the Brooklyn Nets in their last one, 121-110. Um, victory. Kyrie didn't play in the game, and the big news about the game was um, the fact that the fans were um, chanting, um, you know, about Kyrie. You know, we don't, we don't need you. And um, you know, when players would go to the free throw line, they were chanting, um, and nobody was uh, in good spirits, um, at least when it came to Kyrie Irving. But they got the victory, and in that game, it was um, Kemba Walker with 39 points. You had 16 from Tatum with 9 rebounds, 14 and 8 rebounds for Tice, 10 points from Marcus Smart. Jalen Brown had 22 with 10 rebounds. Off the bench, Brad Watermaker at 13, and then 7 rebounds and 4 points and 3 assists for Ennis Kent. So the Celtics are in second place. The Celtics are the uh, top-tier level team in the Eastern Conference with Milwaukee, with Toronto, and, you know, they look a lot better this season than they did last season, and without Kyrie, it's been so much better because they don't have that head case, and you're hearing it from guys like Marcus Smart. You're hearing it from guys like Tatum and Brown, who were there last year, and Daniel Tice and these guys, and they're basically saying that Kyrie was a problem. And he caused issues in the locker room with coaches. And it's just not good, you know. Danny Ainge said that at the time he didn't think Kyrie was going to be like that. And he was. And so it's not the way Brad Stevens likes to play. But they're doing good now and that's all that matters. And so I'll take it. Toronto Raptors here, third place. Um, 
they got their uh, most recent victory against the New York Knicks. And um, we'll get to the Knicks a little bit later in their struggles. But Siakam had 31 with 8 rebounds. Anobi had 13 with 12 rebounds. 15 points for Van Vliet. And 12 points for Hollis Jefferson. 13 points, 12 rebounds for Boucher off the bench. 15 off the bench for Davis. And 13 off the bench for uh, Miller. And so um, everyone spreading it around. No player had more than 33 minutes. Um, and so uh, the Raptors just uh, getting it done. Um, the Raptors are, you know, so good. Uh, Five-game win streak. Um, no Kawhi, no problem. And they're getting it done when they need to. Uh, I expect Toronto to have a very good season. So the Raptors um, right now are in, um, you know, second, uh, tied for second place, but third place based on the fact that they lost to the Celtics early on. Um, and we'll see how their season um, goes moving forward. Then we have in fourth place the Miami Heat, who are 12-5. and five. And Miami, you know, they uh, have Jimmy Butler this season, which has helped so much. And some of their other guys uh, are getting more minutes, Bam Adebayo. Tyler Hero's their rookie. He's doing pretty good. Kendrick Nunn was basically an unknown, undrafted, and he is doing very well. They are getting points from Justice Winslow. And from some of their other uh, players, they added uh, Myers Leonard, who has uh, been a big help off the bench. They still have uh, Deion Waiters. Um, and so uh, Gordon Drogic looks surprisingly better. 15 points, 5 assists a game this season. Um, Miami just seems like they fit and gel better with uh, a superstar in Jimmy Butler there. Uh, they lost their last one to Houston Rockets. Um, and, uh, they won the previous, uh, versus the Hornets. And so Miami, um, right now, you know, they're doing good. Then we have Philadelphia 76ers who are 12 and 6. And the Philadelphia 76ers, um, by all accounts, um, have one of the best starting lineups in the NBA. And my only issue is they don't have any good starters, um, who are shooters. I think all of their players are decent. Ben Simmons obviously isn't, Joel Embiid isn't, but everyone else is. But I think down the line that's going to hurt them because they don't have a good bench and they don't have all the pieces that a championship caliber team needs. And so, in my opinion, they could use some more help. And that's not going to change right now. But, you know, that's just my opinion. And whether it's right or not, it's to be seen. But Philadelphia is a good team. I don't think they're a great team. I think they, you know, have a lot of pieces, just not enough. Then we have in sixth place the Indiana Pacers. And looking at what Indiana is doing, they got a victory against Utah in their last one. And um, looking at um, how the game went on the side of the Pacers, Sabonis had 23-12. and 12, TJ Warren had 23. Brogdon had 22. Jeremy Lamb had 18. And 12 off the bench for McConnell. So the Indiana Pacers added a lot of players this offseason that upgraded their positions overall. I think Thaddeus Young and TJ Warren are on the same level, but I think Tyreek Evans and um, Jeremy Lamb, Jeremy Lamb's an upgrade. And uh, Darren Collison and um, they added Malcolm Brogdon, Brogdon's an upgrade. So Indiana, if they can get Oladipo back healthy, is going to be a force in the NBA for sure. Uh, he's going to be a force. 
and they will be a force, and they'll get it done. Uh, following them is the Brooklyn Nets, and the Brooklyn Nets um, were without Kyrie in their loss against the Celtics. They were without Kevin Durant during pretty much the whole season, uh, and he will be out for the whole season. But they do have Jared Allen and Spencer Din Dinwiddie, and they have Joe Harris and DeAndre Jordan and Karius LeVert, and um, they have Torian Prince, and um, they have a good team. And so this is not going to be Brooklyn's year because I think uh, Kevin Durant out with Kyrie and his problems injury-wise, they're going to have to wait. But next year, they'll be better. And next year, they'll be a force. And next year, they'll be insane. So this year, Brooklyn, your goal should be to make the playoffs. If you win a series, great. If you don't, okay. But... You're not winning a championship. You're not making the Eastern Conference Finals. I guess the best thing is to just hope that everything works out with the rest of your team and you move on. Then we have in eighth place, the Orlando Magic. And let me tell you, Orlando is one of those teams in the East that is up and down and has been floating around the playoffs, in the playoffs, out of the playoffs. Um, in their last game, they beat the Cavaliers, 116-104. Um, they got 16 points, 7 rebounds from Jonathan Isaac, 15 from Fultz. They got 30 from Evan Fournier, 15 from Mobamba. They got uh, 16 from Terrence Ross off the bench. Um, looking at the guys who didn't play, we didn't see um, Aaron Gordon. We didn't see Vucevic. And so Orlando is one of those teams that is one piece away from being a very, very good team in the Eastern Conference. And they're one piece away from making that next step. Because I think Vucevic is great. I think Aaron Gordon's great. I think their bench is great. But they need one more piece to be considered good in this league and in the Eastern Conference. And so I think, and this is the truth, you know, they'll be hovering around the eighth seed the whole year. And so if you're an Orlando Magic's fan, you cannot count on them making the playoffs. Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto... Philadelphia, Indiana, Brooklyn, and I'd say Miami, you can count on those teams making the playoffs. But the eighth seed, um, it's going to be a toss-up. Um, Washington is right now in ninth place. Charlotte has been up there for a second. Detroit with Drummond and um, Blake Griffin is always a you know, force. There's Chicago. So I'm not going to say that Orlando is safe where they are. But what I will say is they have a good team and are, if they make the playoffs, deserving of being there. Moving down to the bottom, we have at a 4-14 and record, the Atlanta Hawks and the New York Knicks. And we're going to talk about the New York Knicks because they are just a dumpster fire and a dumpster fire and can't get anything right. So not only do they miss on big free agents, not only do they miss on trading away Porzingis for Dennis Smith Jr., and what is expendable contracts and first-round picks that are most likely going to be at the bottom of the first round. They have a coach in David Fisdale who is well-liked by his peers and his players, but is well-hated by upper management. One, uh, They have four uh, losses in a row, um, and their most recent loss came against the Raptors. They lost to the Nets, the Spurs, and the 76ers. They are basically rolling with a roster built around R.J. Barrett, uh, Julius Randle, 
and a bunch of guys who are role players on very good teams but are getting high minutes on starting minutes on the New York Knicks because they have no one. The New York Knicks make bad decisions. And the easiest thing that everyone says is James Dolan needs to sell the team, but James Dolan will never sell this team for some odd reason. I don't know why uh, he doesn't want to sell the team, but that being the case, he's got to bring people in who know what they're doing. And Steve Mills and Scott Perry have no clue what they are doing. And Steve Mills and Scott Perry are just terrible at their jobs. And so uh, New York Knicks, dumpster fire, terrible, disgraced franchise, uh, poor mistakes, poor decisions. On to the Western Conference. Now, there was a team last year that was considered the New York Knicks of the Western Conference. They were poor management, poor decision-making, poor players. Everything about them just reeked of desperation and despair. But in the offseason, they added a new head coach in Lawrence Frank. They added Jason Kidd. They added Anthony Davis in a trade that short-term makes them a contender for an NBA championship. Long-term cripples their future, but uh, it's the Lakers, and they're in first place with 16-2 record. And the Los Angeles Lakers don't care about the future because what they care about is winning, and more importantly, winning right now. And so they played against the Pelicans, and it was uh, a game where Anthony Davis was home in New Orleans for the first time since being traded. And he was not wet, met with warm welcomes. He had 41 points, 9 rebounds. LeBron had 29 and 11. Off the bench, Kuzma had 16 with 5 rebounds. And so Anthony Davis and LeBron James are probably one of the best 1-2 punches in the NBA with LeBron James, an MVP, Hall of Famer, All-Star, and Anthony Davis, an All-Star, most likely going to be an MVP at some point in the future. Other than that, their team is pretty garbage, but nobody really cares uh, because the two best players are getting it done. And the Lakers are showing you that you can take a team of minimum contracts and turn it into something that's way better than that. And the Lakers just are getting it done in all aspects of the game. And so what was once a laughingstock in the NBA has turned into one of the best franchises uh, going forward. Now... I'm not going to say all the issues they had went away. I think, you know, they have still Rob Palenka running things when he shouldn't be. They don't have a great president of basketball operations since Magic Johnson has left the position. And uh, I think their problems are being overshadowed and overmasked by the success of Anthony Davis and LeBron. And so I don't think the Lakers fans and the organization care as long as they're winning. And that's all that matters to them. So they are in first place and are getting it done. In second place in the Western Conference, the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets are just stacked. Um, they're a team and probably the best team without a superstar in the NBA. I think Jokic is a very, very good player, an all-star level player. He's not a superstar. And there is no player on their roster that is a superstar. And I think that's going to be... Um, their downfall moving forward because I don't think um, the NBA or in today's NBA you can have a team without a superstar and win a championship you need a superstar to win a championship you need a LeBron or an Anthony Davis or a James Harden and I think uh, 
They don't have that. Although Jokic is very good. Good. I just think, you know, you need a superstar to win. Now, the only exception would be if you have a lot of all-stars on your team and it works um, and you don't have a superstar but you have a lot of great players. But Denver, I think they're still very, very good. And in their last game against the Wizards, which they won 117-104, they got 20 rebounds from Nikola Jokic. He only had 8 points. 16 for Murray. 17 points for Will Barton with 8 assists and 8 rebounds. 11 points for Gary Harris. 15 for Plumlee off the bench with 7 rebounds. 20 off the bench for Grant. 10 off the bench for Morris. So, um, as I say, the Denver Nuggets may be the best team coming out of the Western Conference going into the playoffs. But because they don't have that it factor, that superstar, it's going to be hard for them to actually win a championship for Denver. And uh, I think that's how it is. Then we have the Los Angeles Clippers in third place with a 14-5 record. The 14-5 Los Angeles Clippers are, I guess, getting it done. Um, Now with Paul George back in the fold, things are looking much better. They got the victory 121-119 over the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, And looking at um, all of that information... Um, Paul George had 22 points, 10 points for Zubac, 24 for Montrezl Harrell, 10 for Patrick Patterson, 24 off the bench for Lou Williams. Um, Lou Williams had a double-double, so did Montrezl Harrell. Um, no Kawhi Leonard because, um, he had some soreness in his left knee. But, um, they got it done. And, um, the Clippers have a good roster. And I think the Clippers have... A better roster overall than the Lakers. I think their superstars are a step below. I think Kawhi Leonard um, is a step below LeBron James. I think you know Paul George is a step below Anthony Davis. But I think their bench and their role players are better. And their organization as a whole, coaching, uh, front office, etc. It's all better. And so in my opinion, they're going to be a good team. And it's showing. Then we have the Houston Rockets at 12-6 and six in 4th place. Um, somehow... The Russell, Westbrook, James Harden um, situation is working in their favor. Um, They have a uh, victory against Miami, uh, 117-108. And looking at how the players did, they got 23 from Daniel House. They got 27 from Russell Westbrook, 34 from James Harden. They got 12 from Gary uh, Clark. And then... um, they got seven off the bench from Ben McLemore. So, um, to be honest, you know, Houston has a struggling bench. And like Philadelphia, they have, you know, issues off their bench. And so, the same reasons why I think Philadelphia cannot win a championship, Houston cannot win a championship because they don't have a good bench. And I think while Philadelphia has five very, very good starters, I think. Um, Houston has three great starters in Clint Capella, Harden, and Westbrook, and then two not-so-good uh, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon. And so Houston, they're playing well. We'll see how it goes. Then we have in fifth place the Dallas Mavericks with an 11-6 and record. And they lost in their uh, last one against the Clippers, but they beat uh, the Rockets, the Cavaliers, the Warriors, the Spurs, and the Raptors beforehand to have a five-game win streak up to that point. And, um, yeah, I think Luka is 
as good of an MVP candidate as you're going to get. He is averaging 30 points, 10 rebounds, 9.5 assists. Uh, he is a dark horse in the MVP race, and I think he is honestly my choice for MVP. And I think he is having a better season than Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Giannis. Um, he is easily my choice right now for um, MVP. And Porzingis is just killing it this season. He is healthy and is going back to an all-star type form. I think the Dallas Mavericks have a great coach in Rick Carlisle who knows how to play with international players, specifically the international big man. And I think um, Mark Cuban has done a great job uh, with this team as well. So Dallas, fifth place. Sixth place, Utah Jazz. 11-7 record. And the Utah Jazz are being led by their very, very good um, shooting guard, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is playing at an elite level. They're getting Bogdanovich, who is giving them minutes, and he is playing at an elite level. They have Mike Conley, who is definitely uh, playing um, you know, less than we're used to seeing out of him. But what he is doing is being a leader, being a facilitator, being someone who is floor spacing, who is doing all the other things. And while his stat sheet doesn't show what you know is expected uh you know he's still getting it done and they're still getting it done um in sixth place seventh place minnesota timberwolves now minnesota is sort of a surprise playoff team at the moment and i don't really think carl anthony towns is uh the surprising part andrew wiggins is is definitely the surprising part because he got in his last game against the spurs uh 26.8 rebounds Carl Anthony Towns got 23 and 14. You got 10 points for Culver. You got 16 for Bates Diop. 10 points for Dang. 11 for uh, Josh Okogie. And so what the Timberwolves are doing, and it's it's working out, is they're getting points from their best two players. Now, I think the Timberwolves are one piece away from being a formidable, you know, Western Conference playoff team. I think, you know, if they were to somehow get a D'Angelo Russell away from Golden State, I think they could be next level. But right now, they're getting it done when they need to. Uh, eighth seed, Phoenix Suns. And Phoenix Suns, like Minnesota, are a surprising playoff team. And um, looking at where they're at, they're getting production from uh, Aaron Baines, who was basically just a Celtics throw-in. Celtics wanted to get rid of cap space, and they got rid of Aaron Baines, but he's playing well. Devin Booker is lights out. They have Mikhail Bridges. They have um, Cameron Johnson, who is their rookie. They have Ty Jerome, who is their um, rookie. They have Frank Kaminsky, who is playing at a decent level, averaging nine points, five rebounds, um, giving them that veteran presence. They have um, a bunch of different players, um, Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, Dario Saric, we haven't seen a lot of DeAndre Ayton, and I don't know um, what the deal is with that, but um, they're still working. They're still getting it done. And Phoenix Suns, like the Orlando Magic, are kind of bubbling around the playoffs, and so I think if they ever want to be a formidable playoff lock, they might need to add something to make that happen. But as they're sitting 
you know, things are working in their favor and they're getting it done. Um, looking at the rest of the uh, Western Conference, Sacramento is in ninth place, Portland's in 10th place, and Carmelo Anthony has just joined uh, the Portland uh, Trailblazers fold. Um, and uh, looking at um, how he did in his last game, um, Anthony was 19 points. They got 21.16 rebounds for Whiteside. Lillard had 27. McCollum had 22. 14 for Rodney Hood. 14 for Arfrani Simmons off the bench. 3 points, uh, 10 rebounds for Kent Bazemore off the bench. So Carmelo is actually working out. Um, and the Trailblazers have been uh, getting a couple of wins um, as of, of recently. And it's working in their favor. So they're trending upwards. But... The Golden State Warriors are sadly near the bottom. And the San Antonio Spurs are near the bottom. So let's talk about the Spurs first. San Antonio, um, let's just say, isn't their best. They got two losses uh, to the Timberwolves and the Lakers. They beat the Knicks. They lost uh, five, uh, eight straight um, before they beat the Knicks. Um, their only two good players are DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. And pretty much any media outlet covering the Spurs or basketball is saying that the Spurs should get rid of DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge and start over. Because I think they have a lot of great pieces, but they're young. And unfortunately, I don't know if Greg Popovich wants to do that because this is the first time in a long time that Greg Popovich has a team that most likely is not going to make the playoffs unless something changes pretty quickly. And so... I think it's time to realize that and move on. And if that means getting rid of Popovich, if he retires or moves to another position, by all means, go ahead. Um, and that is uh, the Spurs right now. They're just struggling on Struggle Street. We then have the Golden State Warriors who look like a shell of what Golden State was last season. So their starting lineup last season was, or I guess I should say their death lineup, uh, as they call it was Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry. And of those five players, only one of them, Draymond Green, is currently suiting up for the team. Two of those players, Steph and Clay, are hurt. Two of those players, Andre Iguodala and uh, Kevin Durant, are now on other teams. Their starting lineup is uh, D'Angelo Russell, who is very good, Eric Pascal, Glenn Robinson, and Willie Cauley-Stein along with, obviously, Draymond Green. They're getting production from guys like Kai Bowman and Alec Burks and um, uh, Kevin Looney, Marquise Chris. Um, and this is not a Golden State Warriors team we are accustomed to. They only have four, four victories this whole season. And they beat the Chicago Bulls. They beat the Memphis Grizzlies. They um, beat the Trailblazers, and they beat the Pelicans. Um, and let's just say all those teams aren't in the playoffs right now, so you can really tell how good Golden State's doing. Um, as someone who watched Golden State lose to the Cavaliers and then win against the Cavaliers and then lose to Toronto, I think it's time for a change, and I think it's time to see Golden State lose. And I think one of the problems in the NBA with these teams is they go on such a successful streak, and then it ends like a brick-hitting a wall or a car hitting a wall and it just their team doesn't do well some of their big time players leave and they don't have the cap space to do anything because you know they've paid so much money to these superstar players 
And in the case of Golden State, they are hard capped because they made a trade with D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo the D'Angelo Russell trade um, hard capped them, signing him. I think a sign and trade. And so, uh, yeah, to be honest, Golden State not looking so good. And um, this season could be the start of their downcline. Um, now, I don't think Steph and Clay would ever leave because they're Golden State lifers. But I think Draymond Green could be the first guy out the door. And if D'Angelo Russell next season realizes playing with Clay, uh, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry isn't the way he wants to play basketball, he could be out the door. So the Golden State Warriors look like one of the worst basketball teams pretty much I have ever seen. And so uh, they're not looking so hot. All right. Moving on to some other news. Uh, this one is involving um, Andre Iguodala. So Andre Iguodala was traded away from the Golden State Warriors to the Memphis Grizzlies along with a first-round draft pick. Um, basically, the Golden State Warriors wanted the cap space to sign D'Angelo Russell. And what the um, Memphis Grizzlies wanted was a one-year contract plus a first-round draft pick uh, going forward. So um, the original situation was Andre Iguodala was going to get bought out, and he was going to go to the Lakers. That was his intentions. But it seems like by the beginning of he is not going anywhere. And the Memphis Grizzlies have actually said that the only way Andre Iguodala is getting moved is by a trade. They are not releasing him, buying him out, letting him go. And so the Lakers and the Mavericks and... Portland, and any other team that's interested in Andre Iguodala. It's going to have to make a trade with Memphis. Now, obviously, it's a one-year deal, and obviously, for these teams, they may decide to just let it happen and let Andre Iguodala stay with Memphis for the whole year, not play out the season, let him, you know, wait another year, come back next year, be better, etc. But, um, I don't know if that's uh, what Andre Iguodala wants, and more importantly, I don't know if that's what Memphis wants. So, I think Andre Iguodala is not going to get traded because either A, teams aren't going to actually put the assets together to do so, or Memphis is just not going to buy him out. So um, I think he's not going to get traded. He's not going to get bought out. He's going to finish the season in Memphis. He's not going to really play. And then it's going to be like, all right, well, now uh, he's a free agent. Let him do what he wants. So um, for Memphis, they don't really care. They got a first-round pick from Golden State out of it. So all they really need right now is, you know, not to get rid of them unless there's an offer that comes up that they're willing to take. Now, I think Memphis wouldn't want to give up Iguodala for, you know, a multi-year contract unless there was a first-round pick involved. So I think what Memphis would be looking for is a one-year contract to get traded out for um, you know, a one-year contract in Iguodala. So if that's Portland, if that's, you know, Dallas, if that's whoever, I think the Memphis Grizzlies wouldn't want to take on $17 million in cap space just because, um, you know, they're going to use that future cap space for whatever they need to. So, um, yeah, I think um, that is um, the Andre Iguodala situation. Um and I think um, that's where they're at. Now, switching gears to the San Antonio Spurs and the San Antonio Spurs situation. Uh, one of the issues with San Antonio right now is they are not actually playing um, their best basketball. And so people are wondering if maybe DeMar DeRozan 
is going to get traded, or maybe LaMarcus Aldridge is going to get traded. Maybe something is going to, you know, accumulate, uh, and rumors are going to start coming up, and maybe one of those guys, um, you know, are going to, you know, come together and get some trade done. And so, um, in my opinion, um, I think they could be on the move. I think there are teams out there that potentially could go after a guy like DeMar DeRozan or a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge. And so, I think San Antonio is in a quandary because San Antonio hasn't been in this situation for a long time. And so, I don't know if Greg Popovich and R.C. Buford are ready to throw in the towel, but I think they're smart enough and, you know, they're good at their jobs where if it comes down to it, they're going to make a deal, they're going to make a trade, they're going to make something happen because it's for the best interest of their team and the best interest of the rest of the league. And so I think the Spurs will do what they think is right, whether that's trading DeRozan, trading Aldridge, trading both, or trading neither. So, yeah, that's the question, and we'll see what happens. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of the podcast. Tune into the next one where we talk about more basketball news topics and discuss. Thank you and catch you later.